This is the M6P with your host, Andy Kirby. And Jared Mayo. Jared Mayo, I can't, I just can't get over how, how likable you are. <laughs> why is that? Tell me why. Why can't I get over it? Yeah, stroke my ego. Tell me why. <laughs> Your luscious long hair is beautiful. <laughs> did you just see a picture of me? <laughs> yes. I feel like we can continue our conversation from previously. I did. I did just see a picture of you. I don't know if you heard. I'm on Facebook now. So, uh. Gasp! I know. I know. No, but there's there's a reason why. Any of our listeners, if you go there and Facebook, you'll see. You'll see. So we won't get into that here. Because because Avengers Endgame came out. It did. And that's the only reason. Right. And that's only. really why we're even here. I met existentially yeah. on this earth. We're doing pretty... Oh, well, okay. I was thinking that we're making pretty good timing for recording. Because usually we're kind of slow. But Infinity War, we were on top of things. Endgame, we're on top of things. Yes. Good. good. I mean, I mean, you have to. You have to be on the cutting edge. And look, not only that, this is the first one I have seen twice in the movie theater. <gasps> really? Yes. Now, I did not know this about you, the Andy Kirby. Yes. How crazy is that? So tell me what... Because you just liked it so good, you wanted to go a second time? Wait, wait, you didn't know that I saw it twice? Or that it's the only one I saw twice? I didn't know it was the only one that you saw twice, but I also want... I mean, out of 22 movies, I didn't know this was the only one that you saw twice. But I also want to know what made you decide to go twice within, like, three days. Okay, so here's... Let me lay it out for you, okay? Good Friday, 2019, April 19th. Started vacation at Gulf Shores. Dun-dun-dun. But and when we get back, Jackie has to go to some sort of women's retreat thing the day oh. it comes out. And so we can't get tickets that day to go. So I bought tickets for me, the girls, all four of my daughters, and my mom. And we went. And then two days later, I went with Jackie. Okay. Yes. Good explanation. I wasn't. I wasn't sure. I didn't realize Jackie didn't go the first time. No, she did not go the first time, and I'm not even sure she went the second time. I kept looking over to her, like gauging her reaction, and she was mm-hmm. very stoic and very like, "Oh, okay, all right, yeah." Okay. <laughs> why, why did we even come to this movie? Like, oh, I could be at a women's retreat right now. I could have been at a women's retreat. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this is the M6P. You can. Email us at m6plc at gmail.com. You can uh, call... What do I usually do? What, 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 oh, our, our website? <laughs> TheM6P.com. And there's one other. Twitter. TheM6P. At TheM6P. Go there. Do it. Tw- tweet with us. Why not? We're on Facebook yeah. now. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, we're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheM6P. We love to interact with our fans and friends. So get on there at the m 6 p and we're also a, a part of the phone business. Like, you, you pick up your phone yeah, and get hit some numbers. That sounds ridiculous. We're part of the phone business now. Yes. We, we uh, bought some stock in AT&T, oh. and uh, it's going to be crazy. No, if you want to give us a call and be a part of the show, we'd love to have you. 
Our number is 616-755-TINA. And when you call that number, you can leave a message for us, and we will play it on the air. So, yeah, give us a -a ring-a-ding and uh, leave us a message. You can also look us up on YouTube, Instagram, all those fun things under the M6P. Uh, We are sponsored by DCB Service, Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, the best place on the entire internet to pre-order your single issues, get them 40% off, uh, and go to their sister site, InStockTrades.com. Anything over $60 gets free shipping. DCBService.com. Yes, I have. Since our last uh, podcast, I've had four orders with them. Their, their books come, like, ridiculously packaged well. It's crazy. Crazy town. We're also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership. You can check them out at crpsavings.com. We're also sponsored by michaelwebsolutions.com. And lastly, The Marvelous Box. Go to themarvelousbox.com and subscribe to The Marvelous Box. For $25 a quarter, you get over $100 of awesome Marvel graphic novels Delivered right to your front door. TheMarvelousBox.com So, do you agree that Endgame was one of the greatest movies of all time? Yeah, it was really, 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 really good. And there you have it. Thank you and good night. I would give it... It was better than Captain Marvel. It was. Yeah. I would say, for me, Infinity War beat it. But I would say Endgame was right behind it. You know what? I would say uh, I would say that Infinity War was the better picture as well. I was a little actually disappointed with uh, Endgame. What? It's, we knew this was coming. We knew, I... right? Oh, I think the only movie we've ever agreed on was Captain Marvel. <laughs> In the best way possible. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we found out that Andy's a closet feminist. <laughs> Yeah, I've posted that podcast many times. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> so, man, t- tell me some of the best things you liked about this movie. I'm going to interview you, Jared, the connoisseur. I am with you in that I've also seen the movie twice. I just got back a couple hours ago for my second showing. Oh, wow, fresh. Um, I would say the second time I cried more. What? Did you cry at all? Dude, the first time, I definitely teared up and had some drips and drops. But the second time, I was like a statue. Probably because I was embarrassed because my wife, who should be more emotional than me, didn't care at all. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, by the way, we are going to spoil this thing. Like, that's that's all there is to it, right? Oh yeah, there's going to be spoilers. Okay, alright, so just fair warning. If you don't want to listen to spoilers, then go ahead and fast forward the entire show. The entire thing. Get our sponsors yeah. at the beginning and the end and have a great day. Right, exactly. So you have been forewarned. All right, lay it on me, man. You cried more the second time. Why? Oh, I, I think because I just knew what was hap- what was coming, you know? And I just, I don't know. I just was in my feels. <laughs> I was I in my feels. I don't know. Maybe my hormones were thrown off. I didn't have enough fat in my diet today. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, definitely... Uh, the the parts with Frigga and Thor just had me like dropping tears. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, of course, Black Panther and, and not Black Panther, Black Hawk, Black Hawkeye, <laughs> Black <laughs> Widow, and Hawkeye fighting to the literally to the death. Um, Iron Man saying, "I lost the kid." 
yeah, the beginning. That, that's tough, yeah. Uh, Tony passing. But then really, too, when, not the first time, but the second time I watched it, when Cap said Avengers Assemble, I just got, my eyes got, I wasn't crying, but my eyes got very wet, just like, oh, it just felt really good that everybody was back, they're all together, good was going to triumph over evil. Uh, my, my comic books from my childhood are here on the screen, just duking it out. Yeah. So I think those were probably my my five times. <laughs> I, I'm I'm so excited that we're talking about this because I I loved so much of this movie, but I was I, I think my disappointment was just the end battle scene, you know, like just that. But that's to be expected um, from me, just because the way they did it was like any other giant crossover comic book, like any epic event. I really felt like it was very much like. Uh, they they pulled it off like they did uh, a, a comic event, mm-hmm. and always toward the end of the comic events when they have the giant battles, that's when I start to check out. I'm like, okay, well, this issue is going to go really fast, you know. Um, <laughs> but when at the beginning, when Hawk, the first scene, man, oh yes, I was like, oh my goodness, like th- there's very few movies or shows that like I put myself in um, and get into that place and be like okay well like most of the time i have to force myself to be in there and say okay well what would i be feeling if i was this character i force myself there's very few where it sucks me in automatically and i'm like okay i am this character but right then i as soon as he's helping his daughter i was like oh no oh no 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 i know what's gonna happen like this isn't good and then he turns away and i was like oh no oh no like how would i feel like the panic you know, like, where did everybody go? And he didn't even see it. Like, thinking about how you would be kicking yourself that you didn't even see them go. Like, there's zero closure. Oh, my goodness. That's got to that's gotta kill you. Right. They were, it was essentially, they were just gone. There was no, he didn't see any ashes. He didn't have any, you know, starting point to say, oh, this is happening to other people. He wasn't with the Avengers. He's not watching TV. He's just out in his yard, and all of a sudden, everyone he knows is gone. Like, where do you even go from that that right. point? Who do you call? Where do you drive to? Like, I mean, who who is the first person that you contact to say, I, I think everybody's gone? Like, do you call the police? Or, like, if you, if you don't have anything, I mean, how do you know to turn on the TV and watch the news? How do you know to call the police? And, like, you're going to sound crazy. My family just disappeared. You know, like, what mm-hmm. do you do? You don't go to town and drive and say, hey, uh, anybody else's family disappeared? Like, what do you do? He just felt so alone. Yeah, and it and to, to pull it into a biblical perspective, because that's how I look at things. I'm a Christian, and that's how I see things. And so at the end of Infinity War, you know, when Maria and Nick disappear, and, you know, the helicopter goes crashing the building, and the, the car gets in a wreck, and then like this with Hawkeye... Uh, his family disappears, and then they have the five years later, and there's all these support groups, and all the boats have have washed ashore at the Statue of Liberty, and the stadium is empty. Like, you know, I believe in the rapture, and when the rapture happens, is this going to be... It, it just felt very eerie, like, this is what will happen. This is what things will look like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Man, I tell you, when I love how they executed the... You know, day 22, all right, let's go after him. Um, they figured out how to do it. And then after they kill him, and because at, at, at first you think, 
okay, this is it. They're going to mount it. They have a hope. There's something going on here. Like, even if you saw the trailer, I mean, I, I watched the trailers. I didn't uh, go into a lot of research about it because I wanted to be surprised. You were like, all right, let's do this. Um, we're going to go after him. And then, like, as soon as Thor kills him, you're like, what? What <laughs> now? Like, right. not from an audience perspective, but from a hope perspective. All right, what are we going to do now? And then the screen goes black. And I love how they did five years later. And, like, they didn't say all the words at one time. When when the first word, five, came up on the screen, people started to gasp in the movie theater. They were like, <gasps> Yeah. And then when it said years, the other half of the movie theater started to catch on like, oh, oh my goodness. And then later, and it was like, I loved it because they made it. Like, I told you how it cheapened it at the end of Ant-Man and Wasp when they just disappeared because you're like, oh, well, I mean, I guess these people died. And if they didn't die, then, you know, if they died, then what was this whole movie for? And if they didn't die, then that cheapens everything. Um, but the five years of having to move on and live your life and trying to cope like that made it meaningful, and I think that in that in those three seconds, we they successfully pulled off what they try to do in comics when Wolverine dies and he comes back four years later. Like those three seconds, I had all those feelings of what I'm supposed to feel in the absence of a character that I care about in the comics. That they say, okay, we're going to leave dead for X amount of time. Mm -hmm. it, it was amazing. They, they did a fantastic job. No, and I like the, the point that you brought up about um, watching it with the audience and their reaction. So it can be pro pro and con when you go that opening night or the, the opening weekend because you know it's going to be packed. And so you might have the talkers and the loud chewers and the burpers and all the that clappers. stuff. Yes, but on the other hand, this movie was so in demand. You know, people are waiting hours to get tickets these are real fans these first couple days. So if they're in there, they are with you. They are yelling when you when you want to yell and they clap when you want to clap. So to kind of feel it all together is is a really cool experience too. That was and I have to say that this is one of the only ones that I've done that. The first, I mean, I went on the 26th the day it came out. I know it came out on uh Thursday, right? The 25th. Yeah. yeah. But the day it was supposed to come out, um, I saw it, and this is one of the first times I've ever seen opening day, and it you could feel it. Like, the entire movie theater was filled, and everybody, you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir here because you see them a lot on opening days, but it was phenomenal to have exactly what you're describing, to have that camaraderie, and everybody's in this, and we all want to find out what's going on, what's going to happen. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, sniffling, you know, trying to keep quiet myself. But then I hear somebody, you know, two rows back go, <sighs> you know, like, oh, okay. Everybody else is sad too, you know, or you know, like for me, I think the, the best scene of the whole movie was when Cap gets Mjolnir and just goes to town on Thanos. I, everybody was just cheering and yelling and it was everything that I w was feeling inside. They were all doing so I felt good. I was like, ah! you know. <laughs> but then today's audience, I was the only one. So then I felt like a moron. <laughs> yeah, actually, that, that kind of happened to me the first time I saw it. Everybody, when he picked up Thor's hammer, um, everybody just cheered. And they were like, this, you know, 
It's amazing, amazing. But in the second one, people were kind of like, oh, yeah. And it was, <laughs> I was like, oh, these weirdos. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Just, uh, they teased us in Age of Ultron, and then it showed up. And he was, that was just the coolest thing. He's got a shield. He's got a hammer. He's just him versus the most powerful being in the world. It was I think that I think that the coolest thing about that, like, there are fight scenes, but what it means, like this guy is worthy. He's pure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like he's fighting for all the right reasons. I, I, I like that. The impact of that, you know, because yeah. we didn't, I, even though infinity war, I think was a better movie. It really didn't have a whole lot of captain America, you know? And I think that pointed Uh-oh. that Tony pointed that out and he was like, you weren't there, you know, yeah. I needed you and you weren't there. He's like, well, Tony, that's not really fair to say because he fought probably more than you did. Like on Earth, all those outriders and everything. Oh, gosh, yeah. But he didn't even know that. He didn't even matter, you know? Yeah, that was a tough scene, too, there when he's just giving it to him at the beginning of the movie. Like, oh, they used to be friends, you know? Yeah, but I I do like how they carried that whole storyline of their, you know, they're still talking about Civil War. They're still talking about... um, the mistakes of age of ultron basically like this this rift between them it's uh they did a great job carrying that through you know and and it takes years and years and years from because we had that issue in civil war um not the movie the comic you know and so like and then you have the split of the new avengers and the mighty avengers and so you know you build all that out but you have issues upon issues to build that this they had you know i don't know 10 movies you know so basically you have 10 issues to build it you know yeah no it's uh, it's great that it ran like the threads ran all the way from iron man one all the way to now it it, it was amazing how they did that so tell me some of your your favorite favorite (laughs) scenes there's there's no way we're gonna get through all of this in in our amount of time that we have here but tell me some of your favorite scenes well above all of them was the cap wielding mjolnir um when the sparks start start to show up at the end battle and all the heroes start to slowly walk through you know and then cap says avengers assemble I, holy cow if i would have had liquids i would probably would have peed my pants but i didn't have anything to drink for three hours before the movie so <laughs> i was good to go um i i thought i told jennifer she's like what did you think and i said to her i said this is this is like the russo's love letter to the marvel universe because it went back and touched on so many things in the past, and I think that's what I really loved. I loved that they went back to Avengers. They literally went back to Avengers, and we saw so many things that happened at, you know, during the Battle of New York. We saw what the Ancient One was up to. We saw that Alexander Pierce was really there. That Crossbones was there. They went back to Thor Dark World, which most folks don't really like. And that was a central part of putting everything together. We were in Guardians of the Galaxy number one. So I think that whole middle section of the movie with the flashbacks, I could just watch over and over and over again. That really got to me. I just loved it so much. I agree. I agree. That was fantastic. Which one was your favorite kind of setup or scene? Oh, there were th- See, the Thor 2 one, I think emotionally, it just really got me with him and his mom, but to see how Hydra had infiltrated and like agent Sitwell was in the freaking movie. I, 
What? So it was great, like a great Easter egg that if you've seen Civil War and you watched Agents of Shield, you know who this guy is. And if you haven't, it's still it's still cool, you know. Uh, Or even, gosh, when they went back to the bunker and Howard Stark is looking for Doctor Arnim Zola. What? (laughs) The Ant Man helmet is sitting there, and oh my goodness, and oh. But, yeah, so for different reasons, I love the Avengers scene. I, maybe because I was in it or whatever. But <laughs> I think probably the Thor and Frigga moments really just, like, tore at my heartstrings, but in a good way. It was really great. What about you? Um, I liked where they I, I, I loved. I loved the scenes between Howard Stark and Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was... I thought that was really meaningful, you know, um... Because he dealt with his parents like that. That is a huge problem with him. The father figure type of thing. And then also how he's going to relate to other people. How he relates to women. How he's going to relate to his child. Um, You know, and and I think that really... Like how he relates to authority and everything. You know, like that is the central driving force behind that character. And so you got to see that. And you got to see some closure on that. And and some character growth... um, to the point where he was able to sacrifice his life. Uh, he probably would have done it before. He probably would have sacrificed his life, but the motivation of sacrificing his life would have been somewhat self-serving, I think, more so. Um, so I, I loved I loved um, <laughs> the, the part where Captain America is in the elevator. I was all ready for <laughs> a, a reenactment of the fight scene. And when they, I think, I mean, I like to imagine... So when the Russos realized that they couldn't recreate and make it even better than they originally did, like, I, I, I thought he was going to say, okay, before we get started, does anybody want to get off the elevator? I thought for sure he was going to say that. But then when they realized, we can't do this, and he says, Hail Hydra, I was like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> And then when he's fighting himself and he's like, I can do this all day. He's like, no, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> like, I thought that was really funny. <laughs> um, but then, like, hands down, my favorite my favorite part is the end, the last scene where he's dancing with Peggy. Oh. I mean, oh, that kills me. Like, that's where I was crying. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because he found what matters most in life. I mean... I mean, I'm getting teared up talking about it right now. <laughs> like, he, he he goes through this entire thing, and he's telling people to move on. And inevitably, whenever they go back for these stones, they're going to see loved ones who have passed on. And, um, you know, when you look at it, like, all throughout the, the movies, oh, why don't you ask her out? Uh, oh, the, you know, kind of a little spark between him and Black Widow. He was always like, nope, I know the girl who's who's for me she she died but that's who she was for that was the love of my life and for him to end it like i I think it's i think it makes sense that he would stop being captain america like when the dark knight came out and the like the dark knight rises or whatever um it didn't make sense for him to stop being batman because he was just gonna he wanted to continue doing that right but for captain america when he sees how hard it is to make the right decision, when he sees how hard it is when you have two rights in front of you, you have Tony Stark's right and you have Captain America's right, um, 
it makes sense that, well, I can't do everything. I'm going to do what's right whenever it's laid out in front of me. And so it makes sense that he can still do that without being Captain America. And so to set it aside, to return all the stones and uh, live his life, it's very believable. It's not out of out of character from what they've created in the cinematic universe. Like in the in the comic book, I think it would be out of character. But mm-hmm. from what we've seen in the MCU, it makes sense to me, and it, it was it was nice to see that. Well, even in <clears throat> in House of M, you know, Captain America has grown old, and and uh, that's what it reminded me of. Was this was like the House of M version of Cap? So. I could see it in the comics a little bit, maybe. Well, I thought, I, I guess I missed that because um, that's a good point. I thought it would be like, oh, this is Commander Rogers, like when time runs out. Oh, like yeah. Run, good and point. I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, no, I'm not, I don't want to see this. That's not, the, that's not Steve Rogers I want to see at all, you know? So one of the theories about that whole thing is that, you know, he offered the, the shield to Falcon Falcon is going to take up the Captain America mantle, but when he looked at Bucky, Bucky nodded like, you know, go ahead, it's cool. And so one of the theories is that in the past, Cap gave the shield and mantle to Bucky, and in the past, Bucky got to run around as Cap for a while, and that's why it's not a big deal that Falcon has the shield. Oh, I don't, I don't buy that for a second. Do you? I don't know. I I know that they're going to be in this Netflix, Netflix, this Disney Plus series together. So maybe that will shed some light on the situation. I do you think that Bucky knew that Cap was going to run away like that? I mean, he looked surprised when he looked over and he saw an older man sitting over there on the bench. See, I thought like when I watched it the first time, the dialogue is. I'm going to miss you. And then the very next line is, how long is this going to take? And Hulk says, oh, he'll be back in five seconds. And so I was like, well, that's weird. Why would they say I'm going to miss you? Oh, uh, who, said, who said that? I'm going to miss you. Bucky said that. Oh, Bucky said I'm going to miss you. All right. And so then the second time I watched it, he looked at him and it was kind of like, all right, you're going to be okay? And he said, yeah, I'm going to miss you. And then they did that. And then when Falcon is saying, get him back, get him back he automatically turns and starts walking this way and he says, hey, and he brings Sam over there and he tells Sam to go talk to him. Like they had already talked this all whole thing out. So like what I think is that Cap told Bucky, listen man, I'm going to hang it up, but I'm going to pass it on to Sam sometime in the future. And so then when that time came... Bucky didn't know when it was going to be, but when he saw him, he was like, oh, this is this is right now. And so he knew what was going to happen. He knew what was going on. That's what I think. But my big problem with this is he's basically giving him a death sentence. Like, Sam is not a super soldier. So, <laughs> like, that was my problem with him being Captain America in the comics. Like... He's going to die. You're going to give him this and say, okay, now you can take care of yourself because you have a shield. Like, you're going <laughs> to die. The The reason why Bucky was a Captain America is because he's a superhero. <laughs> well, I think it will probably make for a more interesting Disney Plus television show with Falcon with a shield and kind of having the Captain America mantle as opposed to Falcon and Bucky. Captain America and Winter Soldier sounds a lot more fun. Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd love to see, I'd love to see the two sidekicks 
do their thing without yes. Captain America. Possibly. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but. So one thing I missed the first time that I saw the second time is uh, Hawkeye was wearing his ankle monitor. Yeah. Like, did you? Yeah, I had missed that the first time. Yeah, I thought Hawkeye finally got his due. You know, he uh, wasn't even in Infinity War, and you know, in the first Avengers, he was mostly mind controlled. This one, he kind of finally, and he didn't play a huge role in Civil War either. Uh, he had that cameo in Thor, literally five seconds. He was right. supposed to be in Winter Soldier. He originally had a role, and then they eventually just wrote him out. So I think this was really good for Hawkeye to add some... Well, I guess he did get... He had a, a decent storyline in Age of Ultron. But I think this kind of really layered him and showed him in various stages of happiness at home, even though he's on an ankle monitor. He's totally fine not being the superhero then he goes to grief, and he expresses that by killing <laughs> everyone in the world that he thinks should have been snapped to right. this, you know, being reunited with his best friend and then losing her, not because of Thanos, but actually really because of Thanos, you know, because they have to get the stone. And then to come back and his family is there, uh, you know, he... he Grabs, he's running around with the Infinity Gauntlet for like 20 minutes. I think he had some great uh, spots in this movie. I think it really well-rounded Hawkeye as a character, as more than just a guy with bow and arrows, you know? I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I was like, why doesn't, if he was so willing to sacrifice himself, why doesn't he just put the gauntlet on and snap his fingers? <laughs> like, I don't understand what they're trying to do. I didn't understand that they were trying to, what were they trying to do with the van? Like, like Ant-Man and Wasp were trying to get to the van to do what? To go back in time to do what? Well, that was their only time machine to be able to be able to send the stones back. Send they weren't... The so they were gonna set. So they were gonna send the stones away instead of just use them to kill Thanos. Well, they had to set. They would have to set put the stones back to that the specific spot in time. Right, but I didn't know that's what they were doing. That oh, okay. It's okay, that you didn't know that. Now you do. <laughs> Don't patronize me. Do <laughs> you learn something? The more you know. Dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess that makes sense. So what did you when, oh, go ahead? I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go for it. Let's talk about the deaths. There okay. were, they piled up there. Who, which one was your most significant and which, oh, one, who were you Black expecting Widow. that didn't come? Okay. So Black Widow, hands down, like Tony Stark, I wasn't really like when he died, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like <laughs> I get that. Um, I didn't like that Pepper Potts was in the suit fighting. I didn't like that. I know that they were kind of going with the comics, but I see that it's a vehicle for her to be there during his death scene. I, I appreciated the line that she delivered like earlier. He, she, he said, well, I could, put this, I could put this away and I could go to bed. And she said, but could you rest? And, um, you know, at the end, she says, now you can rest. And I thought that, I thought that was great. That was good scripting. Um, because it did show those character, like that full circle, like now you care about other people and the greater good does outweigh self-interest, like his dad was saying. Mm -hmm. um, so that was meaningful in that way, but Pepper was the one that made it meaningful. Um, but Black Widow, like to me, it didn't even make sense that Hawkeye 
Like, I guess from his perspective, he would be like, well, I've done some terrible things, so I'm going to sacrifice myself. But, like, the whole thing is he wants to see his family again. So, like, killing himself isn't going to accomplish that. I mean, I'm not saying he should step aside and be like, you're right, go for it. <laughs> like, but, <laughs> um, at the same time, so. <laughs> hey, I'm good. You know, you ain't got no family. See ya. <laughs> you do whatever you need to do. Um, I do like how they, I really like how they did that scene and how, like, it was multiple times. Mm. And so I thought when he jumped, I was like, yep, I guess that's it. I guess I guessed wrong. But then she did that. Um, I thought that was good. I, how upset he was uh, when he woke up. I thought that was good too. I thought it was weird camera angle that you didn't see his hands splash, but you saw water go up in his face. <laughs> and so like, I was like, oh, he's, you know, there's some fish there <laughs> like <laughs> splashing him. So I thought that was weird. He's in a koi pond, and they jump. Right, <laughs> right, clearly. <laughs> and then um, when he got mad, like, um, I, I was happy how he yelled at Hulk. Or, no, Thor. And he was like, why don't you get your hammer and go talk to the red guy? You know, like, yes. I like that. Say that Red was Skull. Cool. Say Red Skull. <laughs> well, like, he didn't know, though. I know. Like, he, that, that, that reaction on Cap's face <laughs> would have been priceless. Yeah, that would have been cool. Um... But I like the one thing I didn't like is like he seems Jeremy Renner seems like a very uh, <laughs> very crass, crude, <laughs> and um, you know he could say some very terrible things. It seems like, and so it seemed very like he was tempering himself, but he just wanted to let loose with a bunch of curse <laughs> curse words. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't do it. He was like, "Go tell the red guy," you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was. One thing I didn't understand, and not to be nitpicky, right? If they only had so much pim particles, um, and he said, "Okay, we only have enough for two test runs," and then he goes small and then comes back, he said, "Okay, one test run." How in the world did he get smaller as he was going in his in his you know adventure or expedition or whatever uh, his mission when he was going into Tony's heart and then he you know went full size again? Right? That doesn't make sense, right? Hmm. I don't know. That's a great question. Viewers, what do you think? Well, I think that's probably nitpicking, but I, I, I just didn't know if I missed something. Also, though... I'm guessing he was lying. Yep, he was lying. <laughs> also, instead of both Cap and Tony, like, going and maybe never coming back if they were wrong about the date, wouldn't you just send one person with two... Uh, pim particle canisters to go get more pim particles and then come back and then go after the tesseract or the like you would have missed like... a lot of story beats <laughs> well yeah yeah that's true. like if captain <clears throat> and he sees howard stark what would he do but if tony goes and sees him same with peggy no i meant like just going for to a different time zone where they knew that the pim particles were like she doesn't have to go back that far you just go to you know ant-man and wasp or any time that pim is alive or whatever well, which story would you rather see unfold on the movie screen? The boring one, of course. Yeah. The, one makes, the one that makes more sense. This is Andy. <laughs> no, I, I, I thought that the uh, the fight between the two Captain Americas was really good. Like, there were some funny parts, but I thought that the fight was really good, especially when they're falling through, mm. like, the glass and everything, and when they throw the shields and they bounce off and everything. Yes, yeah. Uh, it was good to see Rumlow. Yeah, Rumlow and Sitwell. And, uh, and the cool thing is 
uh, Robert Redford has re- has already retired from films. He says he said he's not doing any more movies, and here he was. Somehow the Russos got him to show unretire. Now, good. That brings up a good point about Natalie Portman. Did she? Did they use footage, or did she come back? She came back. She was there on the red car, the purple carpet premiere, and everything. Wow. Yeah, I was shocked. <laughs> Shot. So, was there anybody missing? I know that, um, oh, who's that doctor? Selvig. Selvig? Yeah. He was missing. Selvig and Darcy. <laughs> who's Darcy? The annoying girl. Oh, Darcy. Girl. Oh, oh. Yeah. No, no, thank you. I kind of thought that the guys from Ant-Man might show up, and he might, Luis might do a recap. You know how Luis, right. he talks and everybody's voice, I thought he might do a recap and that would be really funny, but... That- that would be. It might break the, the flow. Um, Sif never showed up. We don't know where Sif is. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I thought we might get a like a little surprise that maybe she was there with Valkyrie and they were going to run new Asgard, but I guess maybe we're just assuming she bit the big one. I think the one thing that I was disappointed <clears throat> is Vision never showed up. Yeah, but... If you look at when they got the stone and like, he wasn't created. Well, I know, but I thought that they would have brought him back somehow or did it without the soul. Is it the, the mind stone? You know, like, could they just not figure out a way to bring him back or well, he was, they were okay with him not being in the story? I think you just probably have to create him because he wasn't created. Yeah. But he'll be in the Disney Plus show. So whether that's a prequel or Wanda brings him back somehow, I mean, she has those alter, those reality altering powers. You know, her her power set really isn't super defined. So maybe right. that's going to be something that she she does. She has to have her vision. Her vision. <laughs> I I loved how she was like, "You took everything from me," and he was like, "I don't even know you." Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought that was great. No, but I like how you say it is better. I don't even know you. Who? I don't even know you, woman. Who this crazy chick? You know? <laughs> I loved... I mean, now we're just talking about points of the movie, which I guess is fine. But I loved how she was like, okay, so what are you going to be doing? And he said, I'm going to wait right here. And he just sat down and waited. And he said, they didn't even see... Or she said, they didn't even see it coming. He said, that's the fault of the arrogant. You know, and he puts his helmet on his sword. Mm-hmm. And then when the three of them walk up, he says, you couldn't live with your failure. That those like Thanos in this one seemed way less menacing than in the previous movie. But those few lines right there, I was like, okay, this guy, he's still a force to be reckoned with. You know, Mm -hmm. did you take a notebook with you? I didn't. I almost did the second time, but I thought it would be disrespectful to my date, Miss Jack. Oh, okay. Okay wasn't sure because you you have remembered some very minute details that i had not remembered well these are the things that stuck out to me i i thought that i didn't feel like the stakes were as high as last time which is weird because it's supposed to be an even more epic battle so i felt like there should have been a line in there where like when when captain america rolls over his shield is in pieces he should have said what have we done like because basically they handed all the stones over to Thanos. So they're going to save everybody, bring everybody back, and then all of a sudden just be like, oh, here you go, you can do it again, and you're going to wipe out the rest of this planet. You know, like, 
they should have had some sort of remorse to to let the audience know that yeah we're in major trouble here but because they didn't have that it was like no doubt in his mind that he was going to win and so it, it just made it seem like the stakes weren't as high you know hmm that's an interesting perspective <laughs> do you disagree um it's just not the way i looked at it is all because i think that really is a how you felt about the stakes sure what you was know? your perspective how did you did how did you feel about him was it as dire of a situation as infinity war well i think in different situations because you know they're at the end of infinity war it's vision and scarlet witch and thanos and then thor shows up and you're just like this is the end of the line like this is the end but then in this one too you know he had the gauntlet and captain marvel is after him and then uh captain america is after him and iron man's after him and like this is it he's got it all he he has to do is snap so it did seem pretty dire there too yeah i can see that i think that it just in my mind i was like this is ridiculous why would you do this like why would you it seems like there could have been so many other avenues to get rid of this thing. I mean, th- everybody knew that he atomized the stones, you know? Like, it, it seems like... But again, Clint wasn't there when they told him that. But, mm-hmm. you know, anybody could sacrifice their life and put on the gauntlet and destroy all the stones and be done with it, you know? Sure. And so I just was trying to figure out, like, how come they don't do that? Like, if it's between killing yourself... And killing all of humanity and all life in the universe because he said, oh, I'm just going to shred everything down and then build it back up with nobody nobody knowing. I mean, now the stakes are supposedly so much higher, you would be like, okay. But, you know, then it gets into like, well, Clint wasn't there when he said that. And I don't don't know. It's just one of those things like (laughs) nobody thought to put the thing on and just destroy the stones. (laughs) Well... There's a lot on their mind. <laughs> they had a lot going on. Yeah. Okay, so one one thing. I, I know this is impossible. I knew this wasn't going to happen. But, like, it was in the back of my mind. Like, when Hulk snaps and Scott walks over and starts looking at the birds. And he starts looking out and the birds are flittering. The only thing I could think of is, oh, my goodness, Marvel zombies. Why? Like, when he was like, oh, we brought them back. I think it worked, guys. I was like, they brought back 50% of the population. And who knows what state they brought them back in. Maybe they're all zombies. Maybe they're all what? dead. And they brought them all back. What what crack did you have before you went to the movie theater? I was just... What made like, you think that? Leading up into this movie, I was thinking about so many different things. About, like, uh-huh. which where the Marvel Universe, Cinematic Universe, would go after this. Like, wouldn't it be crazy if the next saga was all dealing with the Marvel zombies? Marvel zombies. Well, they're very in fashion right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that'd be hilarious. Only Andy. <laughs> no, it'd be, it'd be crazy. Uh, I'd, I'd watch it. I'd, I'd, I'd view it. I would absolutely uh, watch that. <laughs> you would. I mean, it'd be terrible because Peter's back, and so he would feel bad eating mj and all that kind of stuff you know? i love when he did uh instant kill instant kill <laughs> <laughs> from uh, homecoming <clears throat> that was good i um i liked how i this was kind of like a, a geek out moment like not only did i like captain america picking up the hammer but i liked when he rained down 
lightning like a video game on top of Thanos. I thought that was fantastic. Telling you, man, that I could watch that scene over and over again. I just went nuts on him. What What did you think about how Thor was used? Like every scene was just like, yeah, he's a joke now. Which is unfortunate. Uh, I'm totally fine with some humor in the movies because they can be. If if they took this whole thing seriously, it'd be a very heavy movie, very dark. Like, ugh. you'd leave. You'd have to pop a Xanax to go see it because it'd just be so deep. And so I'm fine with some lighthearted stuff. And for for him to be here and uh, not necessarily understanding Earth's ways and throwing his glass on the floor and saying another and uh, you know turning to, to alcohol to cope with what he perceives as his fault for the death of trillions of lives. Totally get it. However, it just got a little much with, you know, my body's like melted ice cream and, and, uh, it just took, it took the part of the coolness out of who Thor is. Cause Thor is a freaking awesome, sweet character. And I was talking with Bradley Allen about that a little bit. He's one of our fans and, he was like, imagine if you went to see X-Men and Storm was portrayed that way. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, Halle Berry has been doing this for years. It's been terrible. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I didn't really care for Thor's portrayal. I thought, oh, by the time we get to the big battle, something's going to happen and he's going to be changed. But he was still... Uh... Well, the only thing that changed is that his beard was braided and that was it. Well, I mean, his hair got his hair got done a little bit, but otherwise, he was still like a portly guy in his costume. Well, I just, I, I guess, I felt bad for not just the character, but the actor also. Like, so now you're just playing a joke. Like, that's that's all you can do now. Like, when will we see the restoration of the character in a heroic sense? Because even the final uh, scene with him with the Guardians of the Galaxy was good. It was it was fun. It was entertaining. But he can be so much more. And you saw that in Infinity War where he stands up to the... Uh, when they're forging Stormbreaker and he's willing to take all that and uh, also like in the battle when he lands and he's, he's ready to do battle with uh, Thanos and his whole army... It's more of a, a matured character, you know? Mm. But this was... I mean, I, I get the fact that he's, you know, doing a pity party and can't deal with defeat and can't deal with failure. But all the crying for laughs, like, I, don't, I, I wonder how many people felt as connected to the scene as you did that it was a very meaningful mother-son scene where she was helping him through this. Or was it like everybody was just in it for the laughs, you know? Yeah, I, I, I just, I come, like, so you experience the Hawkeye scene at the beginning different than me because you have children and you have a family. And so I think you probably put yourself in his shoes in the emotions that you were feeling. And my mom has passed. So I put myself in Thor's shoes as. Like, oh my gosh, like your mom, you thought she was gone for years and years and years, and all of a sudden she's there. Holy smokes. Like, I could see the gamut of emotions that he would be be running. Yeah, that's true. So I think. Definitely is a good point. Because uh, Jennifer felt the same way. She's like, I didn't. I thought it was sort of a, 
a closure thing that Thor felt when he finally got to talk to Frigga. And I was like, I don't think it was a closure thing at all. <laughs> and we got into a, like a 10-minute conversation, and we're both crying at the end of our conversation. Oh. Like, over these characters on a movie screen. What in the world? <laughs> it's Yeah, but I mean, isn't that what it's all about, though? Like, helping us relate to each other? Like, isn't it just a metaphor for helping us relate to different aspects of other people's lives it, and to better understand our own lives. I think it worked if that's what they're going for. I really think the, so much of the success needs to be attributed to the Russo brothers. We talk about how much we love the characters and stuff, but the Russo brothers, for the most part, I would say like 90%, they just get it. And they, I mean, these guys came from being the directors of the TV show Community. And to to be able to come from this weird comedy show and give us stuff like Winter Soldier and Civil War and and then both of these two Avengers movies, holy cow! They they just get beats of stories and and uh, the complexity of the characters and how to put it all together. And I just don't think they get even a you know a smidgen of what they what they're do. Uh I agree. They're extremely talented. Even the uh, <clears throat> the scene with the group therapy session, I thought was well done. Well, that was him, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then the bald guy was Jim Starlin, who created Thanos. Oh, was it? Yeah, ah, I didn't know that. Which is really surprising because him and Marvel are not friends. <laughs> so it was. <laughs> I think it was really cool that Disney or Kevin Feige or whoever was able to get him in there and give him a line of dialogue. Yeah, yeah. I'd really like to go back and watch that last final scene, probably in slow motion, because I think there was probably a lot of stuff happening in the back. I mean, so much on the screen that you couldn't see everything. You know, someone had posted that they, when Thanos had done the snap, that um, Proxima Midnight was holding Corvus Glaive uh, as they slowly faded away. I didn't see that. Where was that? Oh, wow, yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff in the back that we just... We won't see until we get it on, on Blu-ray and can go in slow motion. Sure. Um, I thought the overall... What I didn't like about this movie... <laughs> was just how crazy the battle was. It was over the top. Now, I know that you have to do... I, I guess for Infinity War, <clears throat> it was... It seemed very organized to me um, from an audience perspective. You know, like you have this force and you have this force and then these things are happening. Um, from an audience member, like you couldn't – who was behind enemy lines? Who was not behind enemy lines? Who was flying over? The, the camera angles were a little askew. You know, it wasn't shot right on. Um, it, was, it was a little bit difficult. And then you got the horses flying and everything. Um, which is a little weird. Where did they come from, right? But there was so much going on that, it, like, it got to the point of some ridiculousness. And also, the CG in this, I don't feel, was as good as Infinity War. Now, I don't know if it's the, because the whole thing was at night or it was really dark, uh, and the the Wakanda fight was during the day. But it just at that point, I was like comparing it to Infinity War. I was so involved in every aspect of the battle um and i was enjoying every piece of it 
Like, how are they going to do this? They're swarming this way. Okay, I understand. Uh, but this, it just, I was like, oh, there's too much going on. Uh, there's, there's no way for me to understand it, and so therefore I can't really enjoy it. And it's just over the top, a bunch of things smashing into each other. It doesn't make any sense. What were your thoughts on that? I, I don't disagree. It was definitely set up, you know, almost like a chess game. You know, here are all these pieces. Now here are all these pieces. And then we just, you know, throw them together. Uh, yeah, I definitely could have done with uh, some more lighting. <laughs> I just watched the, I know you don't watch it, but I just watched the Game of Thrones last night. And it was the big epic, basically the Avengers Endgame battle. And it was the same way. It was there was the snowstorm, and it was at night, and it was just you know thirty thousand people versus thirty thousand people. So trying to fig- make out what was happening, you know, I don't know if it saves on CGI <laughs> or right. or what it is because I definitely feel like I need to get new prescription because my eyes are so strained. But I agree <laughs> with you on uh, on the battle. I also think it could have been longer. In certain respects, I would have been fine with seeing Doctor Strange do more than hold the water back and hit some guys with some purple lasers once, you know? Yeah, and yeah, and I'm trying to figure out if the, the... I feel like the heroes that came back were fully, like, solely underutilized, like, completely underutilized um, from a directing perspective. So is the reason why is because the audience was not supposed to care about them as much like emphasize them because the ones that were gone weren't the the primary avengers you know they weren't the one the founding avengers and so this was the story a culmination of the founding avengers and what they needed to do to save the day and so when everybody comes back do we not want to muddy the water with everybody's ability to do these things it just seems like peter parker swung uh you had Black Panther run, and then you had uh, Doctor Strange just hold back the water, and that that was it. And then you had like the scene, the the girl power scene, which that was ridiculous. That had to be my least favorite <laughs> part of the movie. I've heard a lot of people say that, but honestly, it was what fifteen seconds. Well, yeah, but to me, again, it just doesn't make logical sense because if. If you have the most powerful weapon, the most destructive force in the universe, and he says, well, I don't know how you're going to get from here to there, and, oh, she's not alone, and everybody just happens around her to be female, or, like, why would everybody step back and be like, oh, the girls are going to take this one? Wouldn't you want all your heroes, regardless of sex, to, to guard this thing? Like, it just didn't make sense to me. Like... You know what I mean from a yeah from inside the story. No, I, I from a direct. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I interrupted you. Well, I mean, from a directorial perspective, if you're trying to like have a specific message of like, okay, now the girls are going to do this, isn't that in and of itself sexist to to set them apart and not put them in? Like, I feel like they didn't highlight the guys. I feel like that's just how it was. But to highlight the girls, like, why don't you just have a scene with mostly females and a couple males that you're not highlighting it? But it's like, oh, well, the, the females did it. Like, I just don't understand the mentality there. Um, I think it was just like a cool visual. I had tried not to read too much into it. If it would have been like 10 minutes of 
we get it, like you're overdoing it, but just to throw it in for a few seconds didn't really bother me. Okay, alright. It's kind of like, I don't know, like, so, yeah, that's just how I think. <laughs> no, no, you misunderstand, I'm a feminist now, so I'm uh, more of that. You know, I did appreciate that, that uh, Captain Marvel didn't come in and save the whole franchise uh, after one movie. I, I feel like they handled her pretty well. Yeah. I, I I didn't like the CG around her because I, I thought it made her look not real. Um, but I thought that they handled her pretty well from start to finish. Yeah. Her haircut is awful. Yeah, she... I don't know who cut her hair in space, but yeesh, she needs to get her money back. Unfortunately, the reason why it's awful is because it makes her look like she has chipmunk cheeks. Uh, what? You didn't You didn't think so? Like... With her with her hair down, kind of framing her face, her cheeks are not as pronounced as they were. But with her hair, with nothing framing her face like that, it's, they're disproportional. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I think they were just going for the comic book look. Yeah, but does she have her hair like that in the comics? Her hair in the comics is worse. It's almost like this short mohawk thingy. Well, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, like in the in the beginning uh, of Ke- Kelly Sue DeConnick's run, but I don't know what it is right now. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? I just, I, but I was happy because I really thought there were some rumors that she was going to end up with Captain America's shield at the end, and she was going to be the one that destroyed Thanos. And why, like, if she had been with the MCU since the beginning, or we had seen her character grow to to have that much love for her that yeah she's doing it that'd be one thing but to just come in and just oh you guys all suck uh i should have called me 20 years ago i just saved the day here i am movie's over like that's what i was really afraid of so to see her you know just go toe-to-toe with thanos and he bats her around too like good that's uh i'm glad he's hitting everyone equally (laughs) yeah i did like that I, i liked how they handled that yeah, yeah. The... I thought I was I was disappointed with how they used Spider Man. Like maybe not how they used him, but just his dialogue and his acting. I did not think was good in this movie. Because hmm. it well, it was, seemed very similar to his his dialogue in Infinity War. I, maybe well, maybe that's why he gets on people's nerves uh, as a character. Because if you don't have context and you're not looking at him from his perspective, he's super annoying maybe but i just the quips he had coming in and then leaving and like oh mr stark this is what happened blah 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 blah. like okay all right don't don't you see what's going on around you like don't be stupid you know that's a good point it'll be i'm i'm really looking forward to far from home because it should deal with some of the aftermath of this you know he was gone for five years Ned was gone for five years, apparently too. They're back in high school, but the people they half the people they went to school with in high school are already graduated now. I wondered about that. So Ned definitely because I, I was like, well, how are they in the same grade? Like, how are they going to do this? How are they going to go on a senior trip or whatever? Right. I think it's very um, convenient that all of his friends were also snapped because they're also his, you know, still the same age. They haven't gotten older. Right. Yeah. But we'll see. Mysterio looks. Bad. I don't know. I am. I'm nervous about that movie. To be honest with you. What you are you, are you drinking out of a Starbucks cup? <laughs> Why? What do you? Because that's all I'm hearing. Is it sounds like you're 
Slurp in the bottom. <laughs> Sounds like you're playing with an empty cup. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Okay. I apologize. That's all right. You're not looking forward to Mysterio? I was touching the microphone. Oh, my bad. Okay. I, I'm glad you told me. I'm glad <laughs> you told me. Um, no, I, it's just in the previews, if they're fighting a bad guy that big, uh, like size-wise, you know, like I don't, I don't want to see Spider-Man swinging around fighting the giant water monster or giant sand monster unless it's Crusher Creel, right? Okay. Why don't you want to see that? Because he's a street level character. Yeah, but he fights Sandman and Hydro Man and Molten Man. Yeah, but do they grow that big? Apparently. <laughs> I think they're just going to be illusions. I have a feeling they might just be illusions that Mysterio is creating. I hope that it's not. Like, I hope that that's true, and I hope that it's not the majority of the movie. I have a. That's just how I'm feeling. We'll see. I don't know. It was. I was disappointed last time, but the the language of the kids and so i'm worried about it this time yeah i uh i'm with you in that i'd like to see spider-man actually be in new york city and do uh a movie of him you know at the daily bugle and and running around in new york as opposed to field trips all the time yes right because he was in germany and was in dc and now he's in france like bro right yeah we don't need that. No, let's see him in his home first. I... Ay, ay, ay. So what do you give it out of ten? Seven and a half. Endgame or Spider-Man? <laughs> Are you personally offended? I'm shocked. I, I Maybe eight. Maybe. Oh, okay. Well, it's just that the, 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 the last fight scene just... I don't know. I was I didn't like it that much. Mm-hmm. Like everything leading up to that and I, I okay, this is how I relate it. You know how maybe you didn't read this, but an amazing Spider Man number eight hundred wrapped up Dan Slot's run. It wrapped up um was it Red Menace? No, it was Red it was when the Goblin uh Green Goblin and Carnage. Threat level red or something like that. Right? It wrapped up that whole story. And so it was this giant ending. But then they went to number 801. Okay. And that wrapped up his run on the book. And it was more about, well, what is this? What is Spider-Man about? Like, Spider-Man is the everyman. Spider-Man is the hero you can aspire to be. You can be a hero, too. Do you remember any of this talking about this? No. uh Uh-uh. Okay. All right. So I felt like the, the pieces of this movie that were like Amazing Spider-Man 801, I love. And I would I would say it's like a 9.5. But the parts of it that were wrapping up like Amazing Spider-Man number 800, I didn't really like that much. And I, I would give that like a 6.5. So the parts that were wrapping up Infinity War, I don't think they did as well. But the r- parts that were wrapping up the entire saga um, and the heartfelt moments and the... The stuff that gets you in the feels, I thought they did a phenomenal <laughs> job on that. Okay. That's a good explanation. What would you say? That's a good explanation to like justify what your rating. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. And w- w- what's yours? Uh, I'd say it's probably a 9. Okay. Just, and what was Infinity War? Infinity War was a 10. Infinity War is it's just... Uh, Infinity War, and I know that people don't say that they say that Avengers is dated. 
And yeah, what movie isn't Die Hard is dated, but it's still a great movie. So uh, <laughs> Infinity War and Avengers are just my like. How do you beat like? You're gonna have to get Tina Turner playing Storm to to beat these movies. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's great, man. Any any uh, any final thoughts? I'm excited for where the MCU is going. I know we've got the Black Widow prequel coming up. We've got the Eternals getting a movie. Spider-Man's sequel. The talk of a Dark Avengers movie. Some exciting stuff with the Disney Plus going on. And, uh, you know, we'll be, I know we'll be seeing a Black Panther 2, Doctor Strange 2, Captain Marvel 2. They've been discussing an Ant-Man and Wasp. Uh, sequel. So whether that's Ant Man three or Ant Man and Wasp two or the Antville, I don't know what it'll be. But so they've got so much that. Oh, and Guardians of the Galaxy three with Thor now. and Shang Chi, right? Yeah, we've got Shang Chi. Uh, there's a Blade script that is circling the wagons out there. That that would be cool. That would. And that's doesn't even start with the Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer, the X Men, Wolverine. Uh, I just think it's gonna really go up from here. So I'm very excited to, you know, what we'll be saying on the podcast in five years from now. You know, are they are they really doing a uh, Dark Avengers? I didn't, I hadn't heard. There's that. a script, and I want to say there might be a director attached. I'm not sure. Wow. Yeah, like who who's gonna be in it? Because Marvel kills most of their villains. So who's gonna be posing as these 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 characters? That'd be awesome. I'm excited. Do you got any? You got any ending things too? No, I, I think overall it was a very sentimental movie, and I did tear up a lot, and I was happy to see everything come together. Um, you know, Gamora's out there somewhere, but I don't know if Natasha's out there. Um, Do you think Gamora's out there? I don't know. It made it seem like it. That's Jennifer and I disagreed too, because when Iron Man snapped, he had never met Gamora. He doesn't know Gamora from Adam. And he snapped, and he took away all of Thanos' forces, which leads me to believe that would be Gamora as well. And then Star-Lord yeah, I... is doing the search. It's not finding anything. Hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was going after and looking for her. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that thing about what you were talking about, uh, him snapping and Gamora being included in that. and But at the same time... Does Natasha going into the stone kick Gamora out, or are they just dead? Are they not in the stone? Hmm. You know, the, like there's still that scene where Thanos was talking to little Gamora from Infinity War, and her saying, "Was it worth it?" You know. Yeah, good point. So who knows? Oh, and I love the music. I love that when when Thanos dies. Uh, the first time in the movie and they have that music that same music from infinity war at the end oh it's so fantastic it's great yeah the music was ugh, like even in the battle that event the music from the first avengers starts to play oh yeah so well i think that's all i got man all right um this is the m6p again um you can uh look up our web site uh the m6p.com you can email us at m6plc at gmail.com and follow us on twitter at the m6p 
We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash the M6P. You can reach us by phone and leave a message to be a part of our show at 616-755-TINA. And you can reach us on any social media platform under the M6P. We are sponsored by DCB Service, discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. Go there. Pre-order all your single issues, 40% off. Check out Community Retail Partnership, crpsavings.com, for a special members-only discount card for Office Depot and Office Max. $39 gets you an unlimited lifetime membership to save on anything you need from Office Depot and Office Max at crpsavings.com. We're also sponsored by michaelwebsolutions.com. For your SEO and internet needs, talk to Darren at michaelwebsolutions.com. And lastly, check out themarvelousbox.com. Our next box goes out this month. So for $25 a quarter or $90 for an entire year, you can get over $100 of Marvel graphic novels sent right to your front door, and it's awesome. So check it out, themarvelousbox.com. All right, that this uh, wraps it up. This is our endgame discussion. So until next time, we are the M6B. Yeah.